If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Oh, baby. Mm. Did you bring the chestnuts? It's not that time of year yet. It's okay. <laughs> I was just that's, testing you. That's now like the, the second or third Christmas reference you've made while we've been sitting around this fire. I'm like a department store, Jacob, right? The calendar turns to October. I bring the Christmas crap out. It doesn't matter that we got Halloween and Turkey Day still to go. You know, I'm decorating the studio in red and green lights. Okay. <laughs> you have nothing to add to that? Nope. Phenomenal stuff. <laughs> Great way to keep the conversation going and entertain the people. It's a Fireside Friday. I don't even need to say that anymore. You hear the no, fireplace. You, hear, you know, you know exactly what exactly what time of day it is and what... We do here is we like to explore the upcoming week's action in the NFL week four of the NFL season, but we got one game to recap to start things off. Mm. Last night in Cincinnati, the whiteout, the snow bangles. Dude, how cool did that look? I know Cincinnati's arrival. I know other than this season, they've now beaten the Steelers. They, they had beaten the Steelers three games in a row. It seemed like they were going to be the bad boys of the AFC North. You don't like to give them a lot of credit, but how cool did that whiteout look? Here's the thing, Jacob, and I realized this last night. Okay. You're going to hate to hear this. Everybody's going to hate to hear this. Cincinnati is like a cool team. They have swagger. Yeah, they really <laughs> They do. have some serious yeah, swagger really going do. on in Cincinnati. The stadium paints the end zones white. The, oh fan goes, the fans go for whiteout. The logo out, like, at center field. The, like, the helmets. The jerseys. Joe Burrow gave an entire franchise swagger. Mm-hmm. I, that's hard see, to do. Did you see his suit that he wore? He's the best, yeah. dude. And He's the coolest guy you know. And that's how sure. he plays the game, too. Because last night, I don't think he was a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. And the game was close throughout, you know, most of the time. Even with Tua going down. And we'll get to Tua in a second. But Burrow was just so cool the entire time. And... Just ice screen cold. pass, screen pass. White ice cold. You know what? We're going to punt here. I'm going to throw it out to my running back, and it's covered. Good for you, Miami. We're going to punt the ball away and live to fight another day. But guess what? I'm going to keep feeding Mixon even though you're stopping the run. I'm going to start going deeper and deeper and deeper, and then all of a sudden, bam, I'm going to hit Higgins on a deep ball. Bam, I'm going to hit Jamar Chase to set up a touchdown and to they ice both the game. Did. Yeah, they both. Yeah, the, Higgins went for a touchdown. Chase went, went for to that like the long. 10-yard yep. line, yeah. Yep. It's just he's so cool. He's so damn cool. It's like, not no just like he's a cool guy, it. but he stays calm. Like that game, Teddy Bridgewater, you would never expect, kept it interesting. Yes. And all of a sudden, it took uh, Joe Burrow 
just keeping calm. Like you said, he attacked Xavier Howard with T. Higgins on that deep ball one-on-one matchup because the two safeties were leaning toward the right side of the field where Jamar Chase was lining up. And then later on, Chase also got that one-on-one look, and Joe just said, yeah, I trust my guys. Well, with that Chase play, too, it was great to watch because they line up under center, and Joe kind of does the survey, and he goes, you can hear on the TV, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. And he drops back into shotgun, puts Mix into his sidecar, and it's just, boom, straight mm-hmm. to Chase right over the top. He, he sees the whole field. He thinks the game extremely well. And your point about how he stays calm under any circumstances, how do you win a playoff game by getting sacked nine times if you don't stay calm? How do you pretty much beat the Steelers in week one after throwing four interceptions in that game did if you, you don't stay calm? Did you see the sack numbers through four weeks for the Bengals? Combined 13 sacks in games one and two. Combined sacks in games three and four. Do you know this number? Is it like one? Three. So they're getting better. Two last week, only one this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing a lot more running the ball with Mixon and quick passing stuff too, to keep to, him yeah. upright yeah, so that later in the games he's not, you mm-hmm. know, the white jersey doesn't have green stains all over it. But even if he does get sacked a lot, even if he throws four interceptions, he's shown he don't give a crap. Like he's going to just lead a game-winning drive like he did against the Steelers and – the thing I like, like is, he essentially did against the he Steelers. He did it. I mean, he yeah, did. He did. It. Like the thing that I like to point out with the the Bengals is they are they started one and two, and now they're two and two, and everybody's like, it looks like they're going through a clear Super Bowl hangover, and I think they are because they have started slow, but they are very easily a four and team. If like with the Steelers game, if one play goes their direction, mm-hmm. and then with Dallas, I mean... You can assume that if they come away with that comfort-behind victory against the Steelers, maybe they, they come Dallas. out against Dallas and Cooper Rush and just say, yeah, we are the better team. We're 1-0. We're the defending AFC champs here. You're, no- you're nothing. Regardless, there's just no way, and you hate the Steelers fans because it's the behest of your team, but there's just there's no way that they shouldn't be 3-1 and one right now no. since Cincinnati. I mean, they basically won that game, so... Handing the Dolphins their first L of the season. Mm-hmm. Only one undefeated team remains now with the Philadelphia Eagles hosting Jacksonville uh, this Sunday. But we kind of knew the Bengals were going to beat the Dolphins in this game. Short week for Miami. They played in 100-degree weather. Defense was on the field for 90-plus snaps against one Tua of the best was, offenses in football. Tua, Tua was, was basically clearly concussed. concussed. Yeah. We didn't think that the Dolphins had much of a chance in this game anyway. They kept it close, but the Bengals inevitably pulled away mm-hmm. at the end and, of course, covered the spread, which is the most important thing <laughs> of all of this. So. Good for us. We were right on that. You you can kind of just smell when something's going to happen. And despite the slower start for the Bengals and the hot start for the Dolphins, on the home field, I think the Bengals are still the better team. Yeah, for sure. I think if when the Steelers and Bengals go if up— If Tua against, stays in the game the whole time, I think the Bengals still probably win. Maybe they don't cover, but I think they still win the game. I think, too. You have to just look at the, the progression of the team. They— I think they just kind of got caught with their hands tied behind their backs a little. They just they were thinking they were the better team in week one, and they got caught sleeping. And then week two, it took a little bit of time to really get the, the juices flowing. And then by week three against the Jets, they were firing on all cylinders. And like you said, even though that it, it, it wasn't an entire onslaught the entire 60 minutes last night, you still saw T. Higgins have a great day. You still, had, you still saw Jamar Chase get really involved. Tyler Boyd threw that great pass to Jamar Chase sometime into the third quarter. Yeah, Kirk Herbstreit said he was a quarterback at Clareton. That's that was not, not true. true at all. He nope. may have done a trick player once or twice at Clareton. But it was not a quarterback. No, he was not. 
Anyways, you saw the entire offense. Even as you said, Joe Mixon, yeah, he was struggling. He didn't have a big breakout game, but they were still giving him the ball for five yards, six yards, seven-yard chunks. They just wouldn't shy away, and eventually the Dolphins' defense wore out against it. I think we would have liked to see Tua in there for the entire game because even though it was relatively close up until that that last – touchdown drive by the Bengals that started with that Jamar Chase long long pass on the down the near sideline you still would think that even if it was even if it, it was close before that touchdown Tua would have made it a lot more exciting right because as you said Teddy Bridgewater it, it was a Teddy pass I mean they scored three points in the second half right it was, was a Teddy pass that went to Tyreek Hill right that 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 long was, yes. that long pass Tua can make that pass easily. Jalen Waddle Can he, though? Because there were a couple before he went mm-hmm. out. But this might just be another sign that he was hurt. Concussed, like, yeah. He underthrew Hill a lot mm-hmm. early in the game. I mean, game. it's easy to underthrow Tyreek Hill. Here's a sign that you might have been concussed. Right, someone, someone said on Twitter last night, how do you underthrow Tyreek Hill? And I'm thinking... It's easy to. It's he he's just the easiest the guy to underthrow. So, I think it's it's... Weird, and Herbie noticed this on the broadcast last night. He didn't say it was because he was feeling the symptoms of a concussion, which I think we can now assume he was. Mm-hmm. But on the first deep ball that he missed with Hill, Hill is open, like pretty much 10 yards into his route. And Herbie was saying, Tua's got to let this thing go almost immediately and have Tyreek Hill just run 50 yards underneath the ball. Instead, he looks to his other read. He kind of hesitates a little bit. He thinks about it. Then he throws it deep to Tyreek, mm-hmm. and then he underthrows him. So... Maybe that's just like that mental processing that was just a step slower than two is usually accustomed to. He's dealing with a headache maybe out there, and he doesn't realize, I got to get this ball out to Tyreek Hill faster than I did, and boom, there goes an interception, one of two that I'm going to throw, or one of Mm -hmm. two that our team is going to throw in this game. So it was clear that he wasn't his self entering this game, but where do you stand on the, you know, Dolphins medical staff clearing him to play, the uh, head coach listening to the medical staff if they did clear him to play when he clearly didn't look right. It's a short week. I mean, it was shocking to a lot of people that he came back in the the Bills game last week after he initially suffered his oh, excuse me, his injury. Mm-hmm. I think it was even more shocking that you could definitely see that not, that something was clearly not right with him and you still put him out there on a short week against the defense that is pretty good at getting after the quarterback. Yeah, Trey they the quarterback is, a lot. Trey Henderson last week was the reigning uh, defensive player of the week for the AFC. He, they get the quarterback down a yeah, lot do. in Cincinnati, so it wasn't exactly going to be a picnic for Tua back there in Cincinnati's own stadium. And then he gets the play where he gets slammed down to the turf. Mm-hmm. And it really, what really tells me that he was hurt heading into this and should not have been playing was he was not very, it wasn't a violent slam when he got no. taken. Was it Hubbard, I think, that took him down? It wasn't like a, I'm going to be Hulk Hogan and lift up Andre the Giant and slam you down to the mat. He kind of just spun him around and then threw him to the ground. Total normal play that any quarterback gets hit with normal, 15 right. times a game. Normal NFL play. Yeah, it wasn't like a, a pal driver into the into his neck, into the ground. Like, the reason he got carted off was because he had a... He, he had a sim- concussion. He he was already concussed. And you're more susceptible yeah. to it then. Like, right. if he was healthy in the brain, no concussion symptoms whatsoever, there's no way a hit That's like a that. Sack. That's just a sack. Maybe it hurts your head a little bit, yeah, but, like, you... it's not going to be a grade two concussion where no, you're in the blue tent. Everybody saw the play last week against Buffalo. It wasn't the, it wasn't the pressure by Matt Milano. It was the snapback against the turf that really did it. 
if that doesn't happen, no one's looking at the sack by Hubbard and thinking, oh, well, that was a violent play. You you have to throw out a flag on that one. You have to keep watch of Tua now because that was a really tough uh, tough tackle or, or tough job of him bringing him down. No, that's a normal NFL sack right there. And it was just the fact that the Dolphins chose to keep Tua in the game last week and chose to start him four days later on a Thursday night football game. Right. It seems like malpractice to me. The NFL will investigate, but... Do I even have to say how farcical NFL investigations can yeah, be? I mean, right. we saw Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with all these other, with Ray Rice, with mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson with no, his kid. Yeah. There's just no consistency with them. So who knows what they're going to turn with the Patriots and Spygate? I mean, right? They, they basically just had a bunch of circumstantial mm-hmm. evidence, and then they said Tom Brady, you're suspended for four games. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to an NFL no. investigation. So we'll see if there's any fruit bared from this one. But I have a feeling that the NFL is not going to expose one of their 32 franchises as being a team that rushed a guy back onto the field despite having a concussion. That's not just a black eye for the Dolphins, but a black eye for the league that allowed mm-hmm. the Dolphins to do this. So the thing that you're, you're worried about now, though, is did you, and this is the same thing you could apply to Staley and the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert. Tua, Herbert, massive competitors. Yep. Tua won a national title. Herbert's trying to get to the playoffs for the first time. His winning is going to be done at the NFL level if he's going to win it all. They're going to want to play in big games like this. I mean, Herbert against the Jaguars, whatever, but he wants to play. Primetime, Thursday Night Football, my team's 3-0, on national TV, Bezos TV. I'm going out there, and I'm playing against the Bengals. It's your job to protect the players from themselves. I think Shannon Sharp said that on Twitter last night. All these guys want to play hurt. Yeah. A good coaching staff, a good medical staff is tasked to give bad news and deal with grumpy behavior but knowing and in the long run you're protecting the put player. Put the foot down. And say, you're not playing, Tua. No. We're playing Teddy. And you know what? You can get a little you can get a little mean with him, too. Yeah, not mean he, with him, but you can be like, listen, first of all, we trust Teddy. So we, we have a backup quarterback for a reason, and this is that reason, Tua. We're not going to rush you back onto the field. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to be the guy on national TV that has to sit there and have the befuddled look on his face while everybody talks about me and my dumb decision-making because you got slammed to the turf and hurt. You're just mm-hmm. gonna sit out, and we're gonna you're gonna get two weeks off too, and you're gonna recover fully. And we're not gonna jeopardize our season more. He's at the ho- he's released from the hospital. He's at home. He's moving his extremities. Things seem to be going in the best case scenario for Tua right now. But did you sacrifice your season, or at least a portion of it? Because instead of missing one game now, is he gonna miss the majority of that Bengals game? Next week's game? The week after that? Who knows? Right. You no longer have the benefit of saying. We're going to keep you out of the rest of that Bills game. We're going to keep you out of, of the this, Bengals game. Of the Bengals game. And then game. you're back. And you're fully fine. You're yeah. completely fine. You take the normal time that it takes to recover from a concussion. And not only that, but you get the extended time because kind of it was gift wrap for them to say, hey, you're playing the next week on a Thursday night. There's no reason, absolutely no reason to rush him back four days later after that scary hit uh, or that scary fall on this past Sunday. So it was kind of gift-wrapped to them in the way that there was no way you should be playing him four days later. So you could say, well, we, we could we could see how he does on Thursday and then Friday and the day before the game on Saturday. And we'll see how he wakes up on Sunday if he's ready to go. And he's a, he'll be a game-time decision on Sunday. It should have been clear from, from minute one, Tom, on, on last Sunday that he is not starting the next game because of the fact that they were playing on a Thursday at, on a Thursday night. 
So this should have been a no-brainer that he sits out the rest of that Buffalo game. Okay, maybe, maybe you play him the rest of that game, okay? But if you do, then you don't play him on Thursday night, and then he has a full two weeks to respond, or a full two weeks, rather, to recover, and he's 100% back, fully recovered from that concussion, no questions asked. All you got to do is just make sure there's not another freak injury like that. But here they are. I mean, they. I think they completely screwed up here, the Dolphins did. I believe so, too. And I'm hoping he can get back on the field faster. Got a little extra time to recover now because you do have the de facto bye playing on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Now but, you have another 10 days to wait. So yeah. the Bengals won. Let's take a look at what the other jabronis got going on in the AFC North this week. The Brownies go to Atlanta. Boy, they could get off to a 3-1 and one start and should get off to a 3-1 mm-hmm. and one start. They're really surviving. I mean, they should have been 4-0, right? They should yeah. be in, in the... No question. They are surviving. Them and the Cowboys, without, without, them and the Cowboys yeah. are doing a great job of well, keeping the season they know, alive. The Cowboys know they can get Dak Prescott back a lot earlier than the Browns can sure. get back to Sean. But if you start 0-3 in either case, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you're, you're, you're pretty much cooked. So mm-hmm. great work from the Browns keeping their season alive and the Cowboys as well. But I think they'll beat the Falcons pretty handedly in Atlanta. Uh, they'll just run all over them in that game. They should control be able the, to. Control the yeah. game there. The Ravens are hosting the Bills, which we'll get to our game of the week in a second, but that's probably going to be mine. I mean, you mm. want to talk about a matchup between two offenses that could put up a lot of points. The Bills are probably looking at that film of the Dolphins game and saying, we ran 90 plays and scored 19 points. And two of those were because of a butt fumble out of the back of the end zone. Mm. That's going to, I think, lead to an explosive attack against the Ravens, who have been giving up a decent amount of points this yeah. year defensively. But on the other hand, I don't think there's any stop in Lamar Jackson right now. I fully expect him to have his normal day of 250-plus yards passing and 100 yards on the ground. So Jets and Steelers will be going on at the same time, so we'll be paying more attention to that, of course. But nationally, I think Bills-Ravens is just its going to be a hell of a game. And For sure. you got to root for the Bills if you're the Steelers because the Bengals are now 2-2. Two and two. It looks like the Browns are going to get to 3-1. and one. You know, if you lose to the Jets and you get to one and three, you're all of a sudden in the basement alone. We assume they're going to beat the Jets and be two and two. Hopefully, that the Ravens can get knocked down and you have three logjam at two and two with the Browns at three and one, but with a tougher schedule coming up for them. So, gotta pull for the Bills in this one if you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy because you're pulling for the Bills and then you turn around for the next week and you're facing that very team. Yeah, we will not be playing for the Bills <laughs> in that very next week. Going across the pond for the first time this year. London oh, yeah. time. That's great for us. We get 9, a, we you know, get 9 a.m. football. While you're working the pre-pre. I am, so I'll, 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 I'll be entertained for sure. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is going to host the Saints and the Vikings. I think the Vikings will win this game, but it'll be that classic game where the Vikings are losing for three quarters. And the Saints will be winning by like 13 to 7 or like mm-hmm. 16 to 10 and then Kirk Cousins they Justin Jefferson another, yep. final score 23 to 16 Minnesota wouldn't put a pass them no it's just what the Vikings do and it's kind of what the Saints are doing now they just are not winning games they're just not able to really put up a full 60 minutes if everyone has lemonade stands I think we can do it these inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. 
in the NFC East, Commanders and Cowboys, just like we were saying with the Browns, dude, the Cowboys are looking at 3-1 and one right in the face without Dak Prescott. What a phenom- phenomenal job to just keep the season afloat. Yeah, I don't know if you would have ever expected this. The, that going down was such a Cowboys thing to happen, right, where – they had a really bad end to their season last year where they got bounced in the very first round against the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers unexpectedly. And then they lose Dak Prescott the very next season. After just two seasons ago, they had lost him for basically the – they had lost him for the entire season except for, what, the first one and a half games. But here they are with a 2-0 and Cooper Rush. Could possibly go 3-0 and with Cooper Rush as their starter when they go up against Washington this week. I think they're going to. I think they're going to, too. And, it's just, again, it's just hats off to the staff, and I think the defense in Dallas is catching up to the offense. The offense yeah. for the past couple of years, when healthy, was one of the best in football, so many playmakers. Mm-hmm. Now it's almost like the identity of the star is going is back the to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Micah Parsons is, is the best on player his, on the roster. On his way to winning possibly the defensive player of the year award. He's my front runner right now. Yeah. He's a freak. He's the fastest man alive. He's I mean, all over the field. I will say this that Alex Highsmith does lead the league in sacks so far. Williamson brought up a really good point though, and this is what you're missing with the Steelers with TJ Watt. Parsons didn't register a sack in the game against um who did they play last week? Giants on Monday Night Football. Didn't register a single sack. The team had seven and he had his fingerprints all mm-hmm. over those sacks. Not by him actually getting Daniel Jones to the ground, but holy freak, there's number 11. We got a key on him, and then Demarcus Lawrence, who's a really good pass rusher mm-hmm. in his own right, just comes in and cleans things up on the back end. So his impact is felt even when it's not seen on the stat sheet. And that is the mark of a guy like a Watt, a guy like a yeah. Donald, that has – you look at the stat sheet and you're like, wow, he didn't do much, but people who watch the game go, uh, 90 dominated the entire game. Mm-hmm. Mike is one of those players. Yeah, he absolutely is. And that just makes that – it just gives you more and more confidence in that team that he's able to help that team win games even without Dak Prescott. Not – the only thing is, though, Tom, when you, look at his, when you look at the season as a whole, do you still really respect the Cowboys that much? Like as a, My as a playoff, no, threat. but mainly because the Eagles are better than I thought they were. Yeah, be. so like they're less threatening. The but, Cowboys are because the bigger threat is in Philly. And now that Trayvon Diggs isn't having an interception every single game, he got one on Monday though. But every single game, like he did last season, they're kind of back to just okay. It's Micah Parsons with a lot of decent. Pieces Decent around to him. good. They've got a good defense. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing Diggs with you, but it's, right. it's not like saying like Trayvon is Diggs is one of the best players in the NFL because he had all those interceptions. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's one of the best corners either. No, but he's serviceable. More than that, and mm-hmm. they've got good pieces around a superstar in Micah Parsons. It's a bit of a meh week, honestly, schedule wise. I mean, there's a lot of uh, options for this. Does the that just mean that this week will end up being like the best week? Best of week this- ever. <laughs> uh, there's a ton of puke bowl options, though. Like, yeah, I'm having a lot. trouble picking which one's going to be the puke bowl. Which one might have been the puke bowl two years ago? Jags Eagles is now shaping out to be one of the bigger games of the weekend. Is this going to be the are you the, for real game? The du- well, the Doug Peterson revenge game as well. Doug Peterson revenge game, but if the Jags lose in Philadelphia. 31 to 23. Are you saying they're for real? Yeah, I, I guess if so. If they lose 31 to 10, 
you getting more skeptical a about A little them. more skeptical, but if you could put up three touchdowns or so on this Eagles defense, I'd be very impressed, especially considering it's in Philadelphia. That's the thing. Like That's why I think a close loss is just as, you know, stamp of approval that you're for real as a win for the Jaguars. Or if it's something like, say they're down by like 10 or 8 points at a time, 11 points, but it doesn't feel like they're down really by double digits. It feels like they're close enough. Then I could say that, yes, the Jaguars passed that task pass that test enough. America's Game of the Week, Patriots-Packers. <laughs> no one wants to see well, Brian Hoyer play against Aaron Rodgers. At least People barely wanted to see Mac Jones play against Aaron Rodgers. At least Joe Buck and Troy Aikman aren't wasted on this game this week. Right? They're on the Monday Night yeah, Football this is crew. the Nance Romo broadcast on CBS. Oh, it's CBS. So I guess it's technically oh, okay. not America's Game no, of the Week. No, because that belongs to Fox, right? But I guess there is no America's Game of the Week then because all the 425s are on CBS. So. Well, there you go. And I sure as hell know that Cardinals-Panthers at 405 is not, <laughs> is not the game one. The yeah, only four games, in the, or three games in the 4 o'clock window. Heavy, heavy, heavy loaded on the 1 o'clock here in week four. Primetime games, Chiefs-Buccaneers, Brady versus Mahomes. Love it. Always love that Super matchup. Super Bowl rematch. Good Monday night game as well this week. Yes. We got a stinker last week with the Giants and the Cowboys. Backup quarterback versus which should be a backup quarterback in Daniel Jones. Now we get a our NFC West it's, divisional right. game. This is a this is the real divisional matchup that you wanted that has implications. The, the, the NFL has tried to play off to us for decades that the NFC East is the is the divisional matchup you want to see in every primetime slot week after week. I guess I have to pick a puke bowl. There's so many that I want to choose. There's a lot of bad ones. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna be sexy. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Raiders and the Broncos. Mm, that's a good one. Two teams just so struggling. Two teams we thought would be better than that. Two and one is Denver, but it's the worst right. two and one I've how ever about, seen. How about this for mine? In my puke bowl game of the week, both teams are two and one. Giants Bears. Giants that Bears. That was my runner up. That's I was looking at Giants Bears be, too. This is two teams that should not be two and one. And then so we got those two right there on the podium in third place. I'm gonna put the Titans and the Colts. I that was gonna AFC go that South one matchup. possibly. Maybe even Commanders Cowboys. Maybe even Browns Falcons. Like there's a lot of just I would really I mean, rather not watch. Is Cardinals this game. Panthers gonna be that great? Like, I don't no. want to watch that. Is is uh is Chargers Texans gonna be that? I don't want to watch that. No, I barely want to watch Packers and and, and no, you're Patriots. not gonna want to. That should be a runaway game for the Packers. Game of the week though, I'm going Bills Ravens. You're going Bills Ravens. Yeah. I'll eat, then I'll take Chiefs Bucks because it's those two. Yeah, They're for the clear sure. Front runners. Yeah, for and sure. then third place, Rams Niners. Right. Yeah, I mean, even if you include the Jets and Steelers, it's a really bad week of football. Our triple play How do we do? is when we pick three games against the spread and we try to win you guys some money. You ready for this? How'd I do? I do really bad. We both went one and two again. Okay, that's week. fine. So we're both at three and six. So we have lost a lot of money for people out there. But as far as our competition is concerned, we're right in each other's grill as we enter into week four. You go first, I guess, because you won the That's week fine. prior and then it held serve. So you'll keep you'll keep teeing, teeing off first here until I get a winning week. All right, I'm going Monday night. Rams plus one and a half. It's in San Francisco, but if any if last week was any indication with how a little how rocky Jimmy G is or how rusty he is, I think the Rams can can win this game. My first triple play pick. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions. Oh, baby, I love it. Giving three and a half points at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I bet they win by a touchdown or more in this game. Yeah, I mean, Seattle is really bad. Yep. 
And I wanted to take that first because I I'm thought honestly, you might sneak in there. No, I'm honestly surprised that it's that low. Like lines like, minus really? six should be the line. Right. Maybe. Because like, every home team isn't a given initially three points. Three points. So, so that they means think on a neutral in, field, they think they're a half in, point better. If this game was in Seattle, it'd be a pick'em game. Yep. I don't. I don't see that as a possibility. Oh man! Again, as we were saying, there's a lot of bad games. I'll go this one. I, I may regret it just because. Oh wait, sorry. I, I have a much more obvious pick here. I'm going Cleveland to cover the one. You don't get a little scared away by a line like that. Like, why I, is it that I, close? Yeah, like I do all the time. I guess so, but I'm not a betting man like you are. So it doesn't really scare me the way it should. The Browns seem like they should be a touchdown favorite. Absolutely. I mean, you're telling me that if even if they win by a field goal, I get my win. Neutral field, they're saying that the Browns are four points better than the Falcons. Yeah. You give them three points because the Falcons are at home. Uh, I get a little sketchy about that one. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in a pick In a pick game over the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Great defense in Tampa Bay. But I bet the Chiefs score a couple more points than Tampa Tom's offense has been able to do. I know they get Mike Evans back this week, and is there maybe Chris Godwin? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. For sure, Mike Evans though. I still think the Chiefs win this game straight up. I'm going Chiefs in a pick'em. Okay, uh, my last pick. I'm getting a little nervous here because it's on a neutral field. I'm going Vikings you're gonna minus the, three. You're going to take the London game. The London. Hey. I'm losing a lot of blood here, mate. Could you please help me out? You sound like you're from London. That's a terrible accent. It's terrible, horrible, but it's my favorite. So you're laying that movie. the points. You're laying three. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going three points for Minnesota. I just, uh, like you said, even if it's a close game, I, I bet you that Kirk Cousins has some magic in him in the last two minutes or so, five minutes or so, can get more than a touchdown win against the Saints. Last but not least, yours. I'm taking the Jags, baby. Give me the six and a half points. Wow. They're gonna keep it close in Philadelphia. They might not win it, but they're okay. gonna prove that they are for real. And not some jabroni. Okay. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Book it, and I'm gonna cover. It. Okay, and, and gonna then you're glorious. gonna say the Jags are for real, right? They're for real. Yeah, that's what you have to say. Steelers, Jets, one o'clock, Akershore Stadium, must win for the Steelers. I think they're gonna win. Really quick. How dare you interrupt? Me. Really quickly, over under half a, a defensive touchdown in this game for the Steelers. Under, but they're gonna have a big defensive splash play that sets the offense okay. up. Despite all that, it's still going to be ugly. I've been saying this score ugly, all week, ugly, so I'll just ugly. keep with it. 16 to 10 Steelers. Mm, I kind of like that. I might just go something like, oh, that's a, that's a good pick, Tom. Thank you. I might say just because I think the Jets defense is that bad. I'll say 19. Mm, 19 to 6 Steelers. Two field goals or a touchdown missed extra point? Either or. Take your pick. Take 19 your pick. Take your poison. Hey, did you miss any of our show today? Well, you can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts like The Drive, In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, The Steelers Blitz, this here show here, The Steelers Standard, as well as many, many more. All of them are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Both picking the Steelers to win on Sunday, and thank God because they need to get to 500. Steelers take on the Jets at 1 p.m. at Akershore Stadium. We'll be back again Monday recapping the action. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.